Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Let no one deceive you. This is week three of our services and as I've been thinking about what we've been talking about last week and this week, some pastors don't want to talk about current events uh, because they're afraid they'll be deemed political. We're coming up this week into the election of a president of the United States of America. I don't know that there's been, I've been through a few elections. I was going to count it up and see and I've forgotten to do that. I've been through quite a few elections in my life and uh, I don't know that there's any that's more important. I believe they're all important. I don't want to be over dramatic and say this is, you know, sometimes we have a sense of not remembering history like this is the worst time in the history of the United States. Well, we've had some pretty tough times. Anybody that lived through the, 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 the depression might look at us and say we're a little soft. Sometimes we have selective memory and we think our world is the worst there is. And, and I, I think there's been some pretty tough times in our world. But I believe this election is very important. No matter whatever side of the aisle you're on or who you support, I believe this election is very important. So I'm going to speak as only I can as a representative of the church. Not the church in, in entirety like I'm speaking for the church. I'm coming from a biblical worldview basis. So when I speak today, what I'm talking about today is going to come from a biblical worldview. If you don't share a biblical worldview, then we may disagree and that's totally up to you. If you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus, then we may have totally different viewpoints. But I want to lay out some guidelines for, for the basis of our beliefs as believers, as Christians, when we're looking at things from a current event standpoint or from a political standpoint. Some people are afraid to speak on this because they're afraid they're going to offend people or they're afraid they're going to lose donors. I, I've settled it in my heart that I'm not worried about losing people. I'm worried about not speaking the truth. I'm worried about one thing. In the book of James, it says, not many of you desire to be preachers or teachers because you will receive a stricter judgment. One of my least favorite verses in the Bible. Because I don't take it lightly that when I speak before people, my God is listening. And I'm speaking as a representative of him. So whenever I speak, I, I realize that and I, that weight comes on me heavily. But I'm not worried about losing donors. I'm not worrying about a popularity contest. I'm not worried about pleasing people. I'm worried about standing before him that day and him being able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all that I want. If I honk some people off along the way, so be it. It's not going to be because I don't have a sincere heart. It's because I believe the truth is more important than feeling. I believe hearing the truth out of someone's mouth into your heart is more important than how you feel. Telling someone the truth is more important than tickling their feelings. 
I, I don't want people to just have itchy ears and tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. I don't want to hear what I want to hear. I want to hear the truth in my life. I want someone to slap me in the face and say, Chad, this is how you're acting. This is how you're behaving. This is who you are. I may not like it, but it's the only thing that's going to bring change into my life. When someone calls me on the carpet and says, this is your reality. That's not my message, but it's just a prelude, I guess, maybe to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the series is not about, uh, what is this series about? It's to bring us to a source of truth to present, prevent us from being deceived by bigger issues. Our issues today um, are bigger than mask versus no mask. Our, our issues today are bigger than six feet versus five feet versus seven feet or a lot, a lot of different issues. I'm, all right, I can see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm getting away from my time. All right, so let's get our Bibles out. If this is our source of, source of truth, let's get them out and look at them. If you got your Bibles today, let's open them up to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Woo! First, wasn't our worship good this morning? So thankful for David. Glad to have him with us. All of our worship team, they do a phenomenal job. Just always great to have special guests with us. 1 Timothy chapter 4. All right, put your foot on the gas. I didn't get through half of my message last week, and I'm on pace to do the same. First Timothy, first Timothy, but I didn't go to the Second Thessalonians because I knew if I went there, I would spend too much time there. So I just skipped and went straight to this one. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, case in point where we are now, the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, I want to lay something out. Here's the purpose of the message today. It's to highlight where do we get our truths from. And it says in the latter days, here's what's going to happen. People are going to depart from the faith. Depart from the faith means that they, they abandon a former relationship. Now, it could be, there's two ways to look at the scripture. In the latter days, are people going to walk away and abandon a relationship with Jesus? Yes, I believe that's going to happen. So theologically, you have to believe that's possible for you to believe that that's going to happen. Some people don't believe theologically it's possible to walk away from a relationship with Jesus, but I don't want to get into that debate right now. I just want to look at it from this lens. People are going to abandon a life of faith, and that's what the Scripture is saying. They're going to abandon a former relationship or association. But I want to talk about not just your relationship with Jesus as far as being a Christian or non-Christian, but here's what I believe what's happening. People are going to depart from a life of faith. Living by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. It says it several times in the Bible. The just shall live by faith. By means the source of what we live by. It says the just, the righteous, the followers of Jesus will live by their faith. What's faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, of things not seen. So faith is not based on my feelings. Faith is not based on my sense realm, what I see, smell, hear, taste, and touch. But it says what's going to happen in the latter days, people are going to depart from a life of living by faith. They're not going to live by what God says anymore. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They're going to begin to walk by different. They're going to depart from that life. How are they going to depart from a life of faith? By Giving heed to deceiving spirits. Here's what that word giving heed means. To turn one's attention to, to occupy oneself with, to devote or give yourself to. So you're going to turn your attention. How are we going to depart from a life of faith? I see it all the time. The people are not walking by faith anymore. They're walking by what they see. Yeah. 
They're walking by what they feel. We do this phrase a lot. We'll say, well, let's just wait and see. What does the Bible say? Well, you got to use wisdom. So to say I'm going to live my life by what the Word says based on faith is almost becoming an anomaly. You're looked at as wacko and weird if you talk about something in faith. In other words, things not seen, things not heard. But you declare things that be not as though they were your cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But the just are supposed to live this way. We're supposed to call those things that be not as though they were. But it says in the latter days, people are going to depart from that. How are they going to depart from that? Because they're going to give their attention to something else than the Word of God. We cannot have faith without the Word of God. And if we don't give our life and our attention and our focus to the Word of God, our faith will go away with it. Giving heed to deceiving spirits, deceiving spirits, the word deceiving means deliberate deceptiveness, an imposter to lead astray, to cause someone to believe as true, something that's false, cause someone to believe as false, what is true. So there's deceiving spirits that's going to pull us away from a life of faith. Also, doctrines of demons. Oh, this is an important one. Doctrines of demons. The word doctrines there means instruction, teaching, information, something that's taught. Doctrines of what? Doctrines of demons. What is the opposite of a doctrine of demon? It's the doctrines of Jesus. We're going to be led astray. We're going to be deceived. We're going to depart from a life of faith because of deceiving spirits and teachings or instructions of demons. So a teaching or instruction of demons is anything that's the opposite of the teaching or instructions of Jesus. So you've got two teachings or instructions vying for our belief, for our faith. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. And the doctrines of demons are being taught. Instruction is going out to get us to believe in their ideology. What we're facing in our world is not Republican versus Democrat. We're dealing with Christ versus Antichrist. Doctrines of the kingdom of God versus doctrines of demons. And in the church, we're turning a blind eye to it. Many are, and they're not paying attention, and they're getting caught up in what's happening down here in the news and what's going between this party and that party and what they're saying. And we're, we're basing our beliefs on stuff we see down here instead of looking up and realizing that the warfare is a much bigger issue. Spiritual warfare. So here, doctrines of demons, kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. Here's the question. What is the source of your truth? What information do you base your decisions on? What are you giving heed to? Do you give, your, do you give heed to what God says or do you give heed to what Snapchat says? Are you giving heed to the Bible or are you giving heed to Facebook? Are you giving heed to what the word says about a social issue or are you giving heed to what Instagram says on a social issue? I'm seeing more and more people post memes and different theories, different thoughts, different things that they're putting out on their social issues, how their stance are, and they're putting these nice quotes, these nice sayings, but I'm not seeing scripture. Well, I believe this is okay. I believe, I believe. What I believe doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It's what does the word of God say? 
well, I just think my friend does this, and, they, and I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings, so I'm going to tell them it's okay what they're doing because, you know, everybody has a different viewpoint. No, we need the truth in our life. Now, I realize I'm talking to the church, but I'm telling the world has to have this. We're deceived by information, so how do we receive information? If we're deceived by information, how do we receive it? I said before, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, all of them have an anti-Christ agenda. So if I understand that, and that is the main source of information that's going out into our youth today, let me give you this statistic. According to West Virginia Education Association, U.S. teens spend an average of more than nine hours per day with digital technology. I'm not hating on teens. Adults aren't far behind. But I'm just telling you. So why am I saying that? Because the, the doctrines of demons, the teaching, the instruction, we talk about demons, people freak out. It's anything that goes against Jesus Christ. So this teaching, this instruction is being poured out through all the media outlets. Nine hours a day, I'm getting indoctrinated with demon teaching. Oh, Chad, you're just getting crazy talk. You're just going, you're out there. I'm telling you, anything that goes against Jesus Christ is a doctrine of demons. And, there's a, and the problem is, is we're not taking in the instructions and teaching of Jesus as much as we're taking in the instructions and teachings of the world and wondering why we're confused on what we're supposed to believe. Well, I just think this should be okay with relationships as long as they love each other and this and that. Yeah, but what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? It's not some people, oh, let me, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me go this way. Uh, in society, many times people fear man's opinion more than they fear God. The fear of man's opinion is stronger. People are more afraid right now of speaking against culture than they are speaking against God. People will be quiet and silent and not speak for God because they don't want to speak against culture because they know they'll get attacked. I don't want anybody to not like me. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that's going to ruffle any feathers. So I'm just going to stay neutral and silent. Welcome to doctrines of demons. Oh, boy. Let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. As long as you're trying to please people more than God, we're deceived. We've got to have a, a, a sense of, listen, I'm not trying to be against people. I'm just trying to be for God because God is more for people than anyone in the universe. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. See, I, I hear people say this. People, um, people are loving and kind and open-minded if you agree with their belief system. But if you don't agree with them, then you're closed-minded, you're ignorant, and you're hateful. So open-minded means agree with me. <laughs> we got to realize that's the indoctrination of what's, ha what's happening. You're closed-minded and ignorant. There's times in society that we have to realize that people think that they're right and they're not always right. Don't be deceived by teachings of society and culture. I give you some scriptures. I have, don't have any time to go through them. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, the Bible says, do not be deceived. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Galatians 6, do not be deceived. James 1, do not be deceived. When we are, when we are looking at the Bible, the Bible says, do not be deceived. And then he teaches something that's counter-cultural. Be not deceived. So we've got to realize that this is where we're getting our information from. We're being biblical when we speak on current events and politics. Yeah. 
We're being biblical when we speak on it. It's important for the church to speak to their teenagers, to the people they're getting inundated with all these belief systems on social media. We got to stand up and say, this is why the church believes what it, what it believes. We're often quiet because we don't want to offend. The church has forgot that it's got the right answer. So we cower in timidity and say, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Stand up and believe that we have the right answer for the world. Not with hatred and demeaning and putting people down. We have the answer of love. But speak the truth in love. I want to love people. I, see, God loves people more than anyone. The doctrines of demon is not about love. People think, well, if you just accept me, that's loving me. No, 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 no. Love is based on truth. And this is what God's wanting us to give. So let me, uh, oh, man, do I talk about that? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but I don't have time for that. Yeah. Let me say this. How dangerous is deception? Here's how dangerous deception is. People actually believe something, and I could be the same, because deception is not just about they, like we're Christians, so we're not deceived. Hold up. Before you start pointing fingers at people, we can be deceived. You ever been deceived about what somebody thought about you? You ever been deceived about what your spouse was saying with that look? <laughs> Maybe you weren't deceived. <laughs> <laughs> you, ever, you ever been deceived about what you thought someone thought about you until you actually went and talked to them and found out they don't feel that way at all? But you've been mad at them for three weeks because you were sure that someone so, told you that? We can be deceived. You ever been deceived about what God thinks about you? You ever been deceived? We can be deceived in a lot of areas. So it's not about us. We're, we're, we're enlightened and the world's deceived. No, I just want to bring it home to all of us. So... Yeah, sometimes in the world, people get uh, so set in how they believe. And here's a couple examples. Uh, in Joshua chapter 5, oh man, we talk about who's right and who's wrong. Joshua runs across this angel, and he comes up to this angel, and he says to this angel, uh, Angel, are you for us or are you for our enemies? It's like he said, yo, Joshua, or, or Angel, are you Republican or Democrat? And the angel said, no. I come as an angel of the armies of the Lord. The question is not, as the angel and Joshua having this conversation, the angel's like, the question is not whose side I'm on. The question is whose side are you on? I'm on the side of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Whose side are you on? We all get caught up in differences down here, and God says we just need to be right with him. Because sometimes we can be right with people and be wrong with God. And this is why we've got to realize sometimes we can be deceived and think we're so right, think we've got the right look on it, and sometimes it not end up being right. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. How dangerous is deception? It's so dangerous because you don't even know you're deceived. Anything that we have, all the truths that we have need to be run through the word. Let's look at this. I'm going to read several scriptures here. So I want to jump into this. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous there, 
just means difficult. It means hard to bear, painful, violent, distressful, sufferings that reduce strength. So perilous times will come. Notice what it says. Perilous times will come for. Everybody say for. Notice this in your Bible. In the last days, perilous times will come for. And then it goes on to give some things we'll read. But here's what I want you to understand about the Bible. These things that we're getting ready to read aren't happening because they are perilous times. So like because there's perilous times, we have no choice that these things are going to happen. That's not what your Bible teaches. Perilous times are going to happen because these things happen. Well, it's the last days. All this stuff's going to happen. Perilous times come for men will be. So what we be is causing perilous times. It's not there's perilous times, so then people are going to become that. No, 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 no. It's because people become that, we have perilous times. So we just got to change what we become. If I change what I be, my perilous times are going to change in my life. Oh, okay, okay. See, a lot of times we don't blame other people. It's, I, I don't have any say-so in it. It's not, it's not my fault. It's just it's what's going on in the world. The world's going to pot. Yeah, but where are you going? Are you going to pot? <laughs> Let no one deceive you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For men will be, here's what we be, lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. Looking out for number one. Lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents unthankful, unholy. What we're reading right here is doctrines of demons. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. When we become these, perilous times come. Slanderers. That's the actual word. Slanderers, the actual word diablos for the devil. He's a slanderer. When we begin to align our words with the words of the devil, we become like him. Man, that's a whole teaching right there on slanderer. Don't be a slanderer. Don't slander yourself. Don't slander your own identity. The Diablos is an accuser. He's an accuser. Oh, Jesus, that's good, Lord. We'll, just, we'll talk about that some other time. Without self-control. Can't control myself. Can't control myself, even though self-control is a fruit of the... Mm, I'm just saying, throwing it out there. Brutal, despisers of good. Despisers of good. You know what despisers of good mean? That, that means that people that hate truth so much, they don't want to hear it. This is the example of when Jesus began to preach to them, they got so mad at Jesus speaking to them that they rushed him out of the city and tried to throw him off the cliff. They couldn't stand it. They were ripping their clothes. They didn't want to hear anything anymore. They tried to throw him off the cliff and he just slipped through them. They didn't want to hear the truth. It's the truth, but they hate it so much they don't want to hear it. It's Stephen, when, they're, when Stephen is preaching to them in the book of Acts and they get so mad that they start to grit their teeth Oh, I don't want to hear it. They pick up rocks and start stoning him. Why? To shut the truth up. When people get so deceived, they get angry at the truth. They would do whatever they can to stop it. Silence the truth. Shut them up. They want to kill. They'll do whatever they can to shut it down. 
despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of what's going to take care of me and please me rather than lovers of God. Does that apply in your life anywhere right now? Just Holy Spirit, enlighten our hearts. Is there any place in my life where I'm a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God? I want, I want my comfort. I want, my, I want to take care of what I want to do. I know what God wants, but I want, this is what I want. This is what I want to do with my day. This is what I want to do with my life. This is what I think feels. If it feels good, do it. That's the doctrine of demons. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to draw, bring some truth to light. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having a form of godliness. That means you have the appearance of godliness. Have the appearance of the godliness just talks about uh, religion, devout practice or beliefs of God. I go to church. I watch online. A form of godliness. In other words, you got the appearance, I look like it. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right vicinity. I'm in the right area. I'm hanging around with other Christians, right? I've got the appearance, but I deny the power in my life. The power of my life. There's got to be power in the Christian's life. We can't just have a different social gathering. We have to have power. Power that changes our life first. Denying the power of God is Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. So I am not ashamed of the gospel because it has to change me before it changes you. The gospel, power. I don't want a form of godliness, I want the power. Does the, the road Church, do you want the power of God or do you want to have a form of godliness where we just have some nice cute services each week? I want, to have, I want to be a place where the power of God is touching people's lives and changing them from the inside out. I don't want to play a place, well, come, that's a good sermon, Chad, he's a good preacher. <laughs> Who cares about Chad as a good preacher? Sorry if I spit on you, but I'm just saying. I would, I would rather me not preach another sermon and have the power of God hit this building than for me to speak over and over without the power of God. Listen, my sermons are not going to change your life. The power of God's going to change your life. And the problem with the church is we're not, really, we're not walking in power sometimes. And so the world says, why do I want to be like that? You're just a more moral version of me. You're faking it. You're like this one way in one group of people, and you're like this outside of church. Why do I want to be like you? There should be something genuine about our life. should be something inside of us that says, Lord, I want to be real. Yeah. Form of God, thy power thereof. Oh, Jesus. And from such people turn away. For of this sort, there are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women and men, loaded down with sins, led away with various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Here's what I want to say to the, to the church. Man, there's a lot that I'd like to say there. Always learning, always gaining knowledge, never able to come to the truth, knowledge of the truth. Be careful. We're being indoctrinated with belief systems. We're getting indoctrinated. In the church, I understand, again, if you're, not a believer and follower of Christ, but in the church, 
It hurts my heart that I'm hearing Christians even saying now, abortion is not a major issue. In the church are saying that, that listen, we gotta think about other things outside abortion. The aborting of our babies is the greatest sin in America because it affects every race. It's not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's the aborting of our babies. And we're huddled around this ideology that that's just one of social issues. I'm saying to Christians, wake up. Wake up. Look what it says. How's the time already? Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Are you ready, church? Reason I'm preparing you with this series, and I'm gonna get into a lot more of that. It seems like I get into more next week than I get into this week, but this series is to prepare the church for persecution. I don't believe the church is prepared universally for persecution. We're prepared for services. We're prepared for just come in, sing some songs, and go back to the house. Let's eat lunch. I hope it doesn't run too late so it doesn't get into my lunchtime. That's the state of the church universal. I'm not coming angry. I'm coming in love because we're more worried about what time lunch is than we are worried about the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, what if the church has to go underground? What if the church, <laughs> we don't want to go there yet. Okay, not, not yet, not yet. But I'm telling you that those who want to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Get your kids in church. Pour into their lives at a young age. Pour into their lives at a young age. They need to know the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Plant that seed early. I don't have time to give you the statistics on people coming to Christ after they're 18 years of old. The statistics drastic, drastically drop. Oh, Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction and righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me, let me say this. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to help me say what you want me to say. My concern with the church, universal, we're wavering away from an anchor to the Word of God. That we're more afraid of what people say or think on the other end than we are of what's in my heart and my conviction in my heart. I'm saying we're coming and we ain't backing down and because of that, persecution will come. I want to be a Christian. I just don't want anybody to not like me. You will not be able to have both. I just want to be a Christian and kind of, you know, have that thing that everybody likes me. It will not happen. 
you will have to sacrifice one end or the other. You will either have to sacrifice your convictions in your relationship with Jesus, or you will have to sacrifice some friends and some approval. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just trying to let no one deceive you. We're going to have to stand. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.